Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we clap our hands to the Lord for just a moment? Come on, let's magnify the Lord in this place. Come on, we're all gathered here in one place tonight to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, to hear the word of the Lord, to receive that word and to use it and to go forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify him for just another moment. Yes, Lord Jesus, you reign. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome everyone to the Men of War Conference. You may be seated. I'd like to share some things with you this morning. There has been a lot of anticipation building up amongst everyone here at the Church of Omaha about this event that is now here. It may go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Remember, everyone, that it's not just an event that we are attending. It's not just what happens today, tomorrow, and Sunday that will impact you. It's what you do on Sunday afternoon after that call to worship. It's what you do after these great instructions and messages that will go forth that will determine what you receive from this weekend. I am before you this evening to help you draw into His presence. And how is it that you draw, that we draw into His presence? Through worship, through prayer, through reading and studying His Word. Amen. We are getting ready to get into worship here in just a few moments, but the Lord hasn't pressed upon me to share something with you, and I have been asked to give an exhortation tonight. I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 11, and I'm going to start with verse number one, and we'll go ahead and read those now. And it says, verse one, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. In this passage, there was something very specific that stuck out to me about these people. Although their intentions were not what God had intended, God even took notice that if he didn't stop it, they would make it to the heavens. They would reach the heavens with this building that they were building. And they had every intention of doing so. In fact, that was their only intention. But if you look at verse number three again, it says, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. You see, God impressed something in my spirit about this, and that was this question. Did they know, did they all know how to make bricks? Did they all know? Were they all seasoned brick makers? The more I began to think about this, the more God showed me that this was, in fact, not the case. So what did that mean for them? It meant that they had to teach others how to make bricks. They had to teach others how to make bricks. They had to give instructions to others on how to make them so that they too could help in the building of this very tall building in what would later be called the Tower of Babel. Rather than leaving someone aside and not having any interaction with them, they brought them in to teach them so that they too could help with this building. But what does that mean, church? What does that mean for us? We are all gathered here into one place, serving the one true God, preparing our hearts to worship the one God in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? It means that when you worship, when you pray, when you read the Word, not only is it for you, but it is for everyone around you. And I'm not just talking about the people here. I'm talking about the people, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, your friends, the people you see at the supermarket every single day, the people you see at the cleaners every Tuesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We do not worship. We do not pray. We do not study. We do not hear the messages preached before us so that we can keep them to ourselves. The disciples sat around the feet of Jesus, hanging on his every single word so that they could do what? Was it so that they could just sit there and think about it and keep it to themselves? In case you were wondering, it was not for that. 
The times they spent with Jesus were meant to empower them to go and to preach the gospel to everyone, to everyone, to everyone. Jesus shared with them. He instructed them. Miracle signs and wonders appeared and happened while they were with him. He worked through every doubt they had. He worked through every fear that they experienced, and he worked through every struggle that they had. Hallelujah. And as the Lord led me to this scripture in Genesis, he instructed me to share with you that we must be in one accord. If we are going to see the revival that has been set before us, I implore you today that we must be in one accord. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, we read that they were all of one language and that they all had a single speech. God had not yet confounded their language as we would later read, and everyone could understand each other. But there is also such a prophetic element to that of when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in other tongues. This is a heavenly language. It is one that we only receive by His Spirit. And since we serve God alone, and it is only by His Spirit, when we are all filled with the Holy Ghost, we are all united together with Him, with our brothers and sisters around us. But before I go any further than that, there are those who have yet to receive the Holy Ghost. And that is where we who have the Holy Ghost come on the scene. We pray, we fast, we dedicate ourselves to the Word of God. We pray for others to receive the Holy Ghost. Like the brick builders who knew how to make bricks, we have been filled, we have, been, we have received and experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost. But how do we share that with those who have not yet been filled? We explain it to them. We show them that, yes, indeed, it is biblical. We show them that, yes, indeed, it is necessary for salvation. It is necessary to get into heaven in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, church. We instruct them in the way they should go so that when it's all said and done, they can and will be baptized in Jesus' name. They can and will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And can I tell somebody that it's okay, in fact, it's biblical to employ someone that they need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Nicodemus was confused when Jesus was talking to him. He's like, how can I be born of my mother again? When Jesus went on further to say, well, I'm not talking about that kind of birth. I'm talking about a supernatural birth, a new birth, that spiritual birth, the one that does not come from man but comes from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are going to have those around you who are confused about it. Anybody had those? What's that mean? But you are sent to instruct them and to provide them with an understanding so that their hearts can be opened to receiving salvation. And oh, how sweet it is to think about that day when each person receives salvation in Jesus' name. How sweet it is to think about that day when we see those around us receive the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And that is something we can and should rejoice about. That is something that we can and should be running the aisles about. Hallelujah. In advance of the miracles, in advance of the feeling of the Holy Ghost of those who have yet received. Hallelujah. That is something we can and should expect to see happen. We should have greater expectations. We need to have greater expectations. Oh, church, as we are gathered here for this Men of War conference, and as we get into worship together, I urge you from this point to begin to set your expectations beyond the clouds, to set your expectations beyond every shadow of a doubt, to set your expectations to a point where they are above your personal expectations and to align them with just who God is. Because not only does God meet our expectations, but Paul proclaims in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto them who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve who is able to do exceeding abundantly, who is able to do more than we could ask or think. Oh, what an awesome God we serve who works through his people so that the gospel can be spread throughout the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, 
But I digress and I say to you that we must be in one accord. If they can be in one accord at the Tower of Babel without the Holy Ghost, how much more can we be in one accord with the Holy Ghost? Oh, come on, somebody. Why don't you stand with me in this place? And I want us to begin to pray. Come on, somebody. If there's any hindrance in your heart right now, why don't you take that before the Lord? It's time to put those differences aside. There's no time to be wasted. Hallelujah. He's calling on us today to remind us to be in one accord. Come on. The Lord wants to empower you tonight. Hallelujah. And as we begin our time of worshiping the Lord together in spirit and in truth, I believe that God wants to do greater things here tonight during this conference. Let's go before the Lord in one accord. Let's seek his face. Oh, why don't you pray with me as we begin to worship the Lord together tonight. Oh, Jesus, we draw near to you in this place tonight. Lord, let us put every difference aside in this place and in our hearts, oh God, and unite together for your purpose, for your kingdom, oh God. You are going to empower us tonight, oh God, to be witnesses for you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, pray with me right now. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you give us strength. You give us power. We have authority because of you to trample on these serpents who are under our feet. Hallelujah. 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 No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Come on, we can call on that name. Oh, come on. Oh, we're going to get into worship right now. And we're going to sing unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. We're going to sing unto the Lord with a voice of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Why don't you worship with me in this place? Why don't you lift your hands all over this place and shout unto God right now. Shout glory. Oh, come on. We can be in one accord. Shout glory. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord tonight and let's prepare our hearts for the rest of this evening and the rest of this weekend. I want you to worship with me like you've never worshiped before. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We bless you. We honor your name, Jesus. The name that is above all other names. For it is in you, Lord, that we praise, we magnify, and glorify your holy name. For you alone is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. First, giving our thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body. Amen. Amen. To Bishop, a man after God's own heart. It's an, honor, it's an honor and a privilege to be here tonight, yes. just to be in the presence of the Lord. No matter how many people are here, but we are in the presence yes. of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I'm here to just give you a brief description about the men of war ministry. The TCOO men of war ministry is a ministry designed to be a consistent training tool that Jesus would use to mold men after his own heart. To not just be a ministry, but more so a way of life. A lifestyle of men who are always seeking to improve in the Lord day by day. This men of war ministry is birthed because of the aching and burning desire Uh to usher and help men fulfill being the priests of their household, the leaders of their home. The letter W in war stands for worship. Men of God are true worshipers who worship God in spirit and in truth. A stands for apostolic. True men of God are apostolic to the core, believing God's truth and earnestly contending for the apostolic faith R stands for responsible. Regardless of the stage of life, single or married, young or old, true men of God are credible, trustworthy, accountable, and reliable. Men of war are men of standards. Men who chooses to lose their own life for Christ's sake in the gospel. Men who will fight to the death for their God, for their family, yes. for their brothers yes. in arms. Amen. 
TCOO, I present to you going forward your very own men ministry, now known as Men of War. Praise Praise And speaking of a man of war, our next speaker, he just, uh, 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 that radiate through his life. You can see it in his own walk. You can see it in his wife walk. You can even see it in his children walk. He, 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 he is a fine uh, example of what a man of war look like. I present to some, you online, and, and introduce to others, our very own associate pastor, Pastor Lucas Kirkpatrick. May God bless you. Thank you, Brother Kennedy. And I am excited about the, the new name of our, uh, our men's group, Men of War. I think it is very fitting for the day and age and the time that we live in. And what God is calling us to. And Brother Kennedy, I, Minister Kennedy, I'm so thankful that God brought you to Omaha. Amen. We love your heart. You are an example to us of standing strong and being faithful to God. And you are a man of war. And, uh, and Bishop, I want to thank you for leading this church. This isn't just an introductory comment. You have followed after the will and the leading of God. You have preached words across this city that God was then using to open up us and open this place up into a new dimension. And you have let God anoint you and direct you and guide you so that you could then in turn give this church the direction and this city the direction that God wanted to take it. So thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak once again into this place. Speak into our lives and our hearts. Oh God, we just come to connect with you, to grow in you. Have your total liberty and will and your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 13, and I'll look at verse 15 here. It says, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow, and he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands, and he said, Open the window eastward, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apec, till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth. And he said, why should it, or thou shouldest smitten five or six times. And then thou shalt have smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou hast shalt smite Syria. There, if I can say those words. Thou shalt smite Syria, Syria, thrice. Or, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I already opened with prayer. Normally I would read and then open it with prayer, but I just really felt the, the power of God. And He is in this place tonight. In this passage of Scripture, and we're going to be jumping from here up to Ephesians, so if you want to know where we're going with this, we're, we'll be in Ephesians here in a little bit. But in this passage, we have the King Joash of, of Israel. And Israel and Judah are split in, in two. And, and the kings of Israel were pretty wicked kings. They did not do rightly before God. But we have Elijah and Elisha and other prophets that came and declared the word of the Lord. And we have Elijah with Mount Carmel. And we, uh, um, and we have Jezebel. And we have Elijah running. And we have the fire that fell. And, and some of these stories might ring with you. And then we have Elijah that anointed Elisha. And he got a double portion. Not just did he get the complete inheritance of the ministry, but... But we also see double in miracles. But he is now on his deathbed. Something got me a little excited. We didn't read that verse. But it does not matter, oh man of God, whether you see yourself as old and crippled and near death, or you find yourself feeling mighty in the Holy Ghost, 
The power of God and His anointing rests upon you. Oh, I'm not just speaking to Bishop, but I'm speaking to everyone in this house. His hand is on you. And the enemy is afraid of you. Keep walking with God. Keep standing true. And keep standing strong. Oh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so I want to say, it doesn't mean that you're near death. But you might feel really tired today. You might feel beat down. You might feel wore out. Oh, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm regulated to a room over here. Oh, God, what happened to you from yesterday? Oh, the God I felt powerful in last week. Where are you right now? Oh, but hear me, God has never left your side. Oh, in, the ne- in a few verses, you would see that Elisha, I mean, Elijah, or, uh, Elisha dies. I always get them mixed up. I got to put them in order in the alphabet. But Elisha dies. His bones get cast into a tomb. Oh, there's a dead man that gets thrown in those bones. And he comes back to life. Oh, you may find yourself all worn out. But you still have ministry. Jesus found himself worn out. Oh, he would try to get away to a desert place. He would begin to find a place of prayer. When you find yourself all worn out. When the enemy's pounding down on you, you won't even recognize it's the enemy. You just feel like, I don't want to pray. When, when you go to fast, you, you feel kind of this, uh, it, it, you, you want to do things in the flesh, like maybe watch a basketball game or a football game or, or go do something with friends. There's nothing wrong with those things, okay? But you're feeling the tug of God and you feel this, this attitude or the spirit against him I rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus it comes in why because you're achieving things in the spirit and so so the enemy wants you to go ahead and, and be in the flesh and to be uh, against God how, how do I describe that I, I I'm not really sure of the words right now but you guys get what I'm saying right you, you you're you're a little uh well you're in the flesh you, you're you're a little grouchy You're a little snappy. Oh, but God has purpose for you. So go ahead and do as Jesus did. You may have had a great service last week, but say, I've got to get to a place of prayer. Oh, it says he rose up early in the morning. You know what that meant? He was tired. Oh, you may be in the afternoon and you may be tired, but say, Jesus, I need your help right now. I need your strength right now. I need your pick-me-up right now. Oh, begin to declare his goodness and his greatness. Begin to give him worship and praise. Because, man of God, you have authority and anointing and power. Oh, the, the life might come against you. Finances will come against you. Bishop, you might have had some of that come against you. You, you, might, you might wonder, I thought at the start of service tonight, where's this one? Where's that one? I'm not talking even about people who go to church here right now. I knew the answer to so many souls and so many people who even I think have become deluded and they worship Jesus but they don't worship him with everything. They're content and happy to live not in holiness but to think that they're holy. Oh, and that'll come at you and you'll feel weary and you'll feel wore out. But I promise you as Asaph, if you'll just return to the presence of God, when you get into his presence, oh, you know what? You won't even find that you have to walk back there, but that you're going to be someplace and you're going to be scratching your head and suddenly rain is going to fall from heaven and God's going to begin to whisper into your life. Oh, and strength is going to come in and you begin to share the burden of your heart, the frustration of your soul, the whys and the why nots, and God is going to begin to stir up even right now, right now and in this house. And so he comes to, the king comes to the man of God, the king, these kings who live corrupt says, I know the man of God. And he's dying. And what are we going to do without somebody in our midst that has the anointing? You see, the world needs the anointing that God has placed on your life. 
they tried to slay these prophets. Oh, some did die. That's because God said my ministry is finished with you right here. And I'm taking you to the next place. It wasn't that they were defeated. It's that God had fulfilled his purpose. Oh, but you see in Elijah, when Elijah, he thought, man, what's going to happen? Look out for Jezebel. God had him. He hit him out. He put him by the brook. He took him to the widow to be fed. God had him. They never could find him until he went and found the king. And that anointing went on to Elisha. Just because Elijah died did not mean that the anointing went away. Oh, just because Peter and Paul and James and John and all those that came after them have died does not mean that the gospel has stayed. It does not mean that the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, has ceased. Oh, but it is just getting greater and greater and greater. The world needs the anointing. The world needs your prayers. It needs your fasting. While you are in this city and in your communities, you have put a stay oh, on the judgment that's going to fall. God puts you here to put a stay. Oh, you're out there. You're interceding. You're fighting. You're facing down enemies. When you walk into places and it doesn't feel like church, there's a reason for that. When you walk into church and you feel like this doesn't feel quite like the victory, there's a reason for that. That's because there's an enemy that said, hey, I got to do battle here. They're going someplace, but I'm going to prevent it. But in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, those spirits are crushed. They are cast out. All the enemy does is he whispers into your head. He drives thoughts in there. He tries to make you think and get you discouraged and all wore out. But we're putting spiritual glasses on tonight because we're seeing in the spirit, not in the carnal. Oh. And so the king, he went over to the man of God. And he said, hey, hey, I need you. I need you. Go ahead. Come on up. I need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the man of God, and I don't actually have a bow tonight, but these nice bamboo skewers, they make great arrows for 88 cents. 12 of them. Not one of them, but 12. 88 cents. Let's go get some deer with these. <laughs> they might not get a deer, but they'll get your eye, so stay away from the point. Um, I was pretty impressed how sharp they were. Yeah. And the man of God, he said, hey, and he gives him a bow. And he says, take this bow. Take this arrow, and they go to a window. He has him open the window, and now the king takes it. And you know, I, I we should switch places. You're my pastor, <laughs> okay. and so he says, "Take that bow." Uh -huh. And then the prophet puts his hands uh -huh. on the hands of the king. Go ahead, put your hands on my hands. Let's, let's go ahead, line yeah. it up. Yeah. You yeah. see, yeah. the man of God uh -huh. began to put put on anointing wow. that God had given him, wow. and he mm -hmm. told him. To shoot the arrow. Shoot and he shot it out the window. Yeah. There was a reason for shooting the arrow. Come on. Come on. When the king was going to declare war on a nation. He would go ahead and he would shoot an arrow into that country. Uh -huh. Saying I'm going to war against you. The man of God said you have been beat down. And wrestled against by Syria. And for good reason, their wickedness, their sinfulness. God had said, okay, here it comes. God will use the, the enemies of this world and he will use spiritual wickedness in high places to bring you into an encounter with him. Because you get in your flesh over here and you ignore God and you're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you're doing your thing because you desire this stuff in the flesh and you've shoved God off. And he's like, okay, reap the benefits, reap the benefits. You're out here on your own. And then you begin to get in a tough place and you're like, Jesus. And God says, hey, you need me because when my hand's not on your life, that stuff that looked good destroys you. It destroyed you. You need me. And so the king went to the man of God. And the man of God began to give a word. Oh, and Bishop has preached across this pulpit. And men of God and have preached across this pulpit. And they have preached a word. And that word came with an arrow. But that arrow 
wasn't just to be delivered by the man of God. Oh, hallelujah. But that arrow was to be... Pastor Trevor, go ahead and pass some of these out to everyone. I wasn't intending to give those right now, but that arrow was put into the king's hands. And the man of God begins to preach the word. And as he preaches, it goes into your hands. And then you, you shoot that into the cities. You shoot that into the principalities. You put that out there and you go to battle. You've come dragging into church and you've said, I don't think I can make it. Not only that, you've sinned and you're coming up here and you're like, is there any hope for me? Oh, King Joash, you hear me right now. The God has a word for you. Yesterday is past. It's behind you. I don't care how many victories you had yesterday. You can reach into those for strength, but they're past. I don't care how many failures you had yesterday. You can look at those to say, this is where God brought me from. I'm not the man that I used to be, but that's past. Oh, but you stand here right now, and we stand together, and I might have been victorious, and you might have been sinful, but now we stand together. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Come on up. We stand together, and today we have a decision to make. What are we going to do with the arrow? What are we going to do with it? And the word goes out, and we shoot that arrow. It goes forth, and we shoot it. But then, the man of God said, it's now in your hands. Take the arrows. Now we read in the King James, it says to smite the ground. I sometimes see that as this. In some of my readings, some translate it, as this, he went to the window and he shot another and another and another. But this is what grieves the heart. Is he was like, well, I came here. Well, okay, I guess I'll, I'll shoot the arrow. I'll shoot, I'll shoot the arrow. All right, I'll shoot it. Where is your declaration of war? The man of God came and put his hands on your hands. He preached into your life and he prayed over you. Word went out, but now it's in your hands. And somebody tonight needs to take their arrow and say, I defeat you, enemy. I come against these things. The weapons of my warfare are not carnal. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, what will you do with the arrows? They're in your hands. God has equipped you. He has purposefully picked you. He does not want you to continue living in sin. Your language needs to change. Your attitudes need to change. What you watch needs to change. I have all this stuff in my notes from the, from the back of Ephesians through Timothy. I, I, maybe I'll read some in detail later, although I think not. These things have to change in our life. Do not get caught up in foolish talk about the gospel and be led astray by another gospel. Don't get into some strange doctrines and strange talk. Furthermore, in the politics of this world and in the, the morals of this world, don't get caught up in the debates and foolish discussions that they bring. You don't need to debate the wall with anybody. You don't need to debate uh, uh, the Supreme Court justices with people. I know that we need to vote and we need to vote for people who are most closely going to align with the gospel. I am not going to vote for somebody who says, let me abort babies. I'm not voting for somebody who says, let's have same-sex marriage. I'm not going there. But our leaders are all in wickedness and sinfulness. 
And that is not going to save you. It is not going to save our nation. And the person that you're reaching needs the gospel. We're not of this kingdom. So get out of those conversations. They don't take anybody anywhere. Except to a lot of confusion. Put away those things that have ensnared you and trapped you. Get, get your eyes off the women of this world. Get, get that sexuality, that, that sinfulness out of your life. You have no business checking out websites, pornography on your phone. No business at all. Married man, that's as much adultery as if you was with somebody. Jesus said it. Single man, that's as much fornication as if you were with somebody. Jesus said it. Now I'm telling you, don't use that as an excuse. Say, well, I locked my phone, so I was there, so now I'm really going to go do the thing with the person. No, no, no. But hear me today. Get it off. Get it out. Get to an altar. Do you know what? This is what, this is what Ephesians is talking about, living in the Spirit. See, the first half of Ephesians talks about that we're with spiritual, and I'm going to read some of those verses here. It talks about a he heavenly places, and it's so exciting, and it's so great. But the back half of Ephesians says you want to apply this, and when you go to apply it, you know what it says? Change your language. Stop debating. Stop putting people down. Stop uh, put in peace. Put in good things. Have love. That's what it tells you to do. What is that doing? That's getting you out of walking in darkness and in the ways of this world and getting you over to a place where you're in heavenly places. It's amazing, but we somehow think that defeating spiritual wickedness in high places is some ethereal thing. What it is is your obedience on inward and outward holiness. You cannot say you're a mighty man of prayer and then surf pornography and go out and gamble away your winnings and put drugs into your body and chew your wife up one side and down the other. The Bible says, and it says, love your wives. It says, men don't, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. It says, be slow to anger. Don't give place to the devil. That says that together, by the way. Be angry and sin not, is what it says in, in uh, um, you know, right there, I actually have it down here, so maybe I won't butcher it all up, right? Um, it says, be angry and sin not, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Don't do it. Why? I get angry. I got angry today, by the way. I got on to the kids, and then I was like, Lord, I think I might have been a little over the top on this one. And you know what? I had to go. Why? Because... It does, it, we can get angry, but we don't want to sin. Be careful with that thing. It'll carry you away. It'll get you caught up. It'll stir you. It'll draw you away. Oh, so don't let anger rule you, but be slow. Have long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit. Have patience. Let God get a hold of you. Let God get a hold of you. Why? Because what will happen is you begin to get in that. And you, you're, you're like, hallelujah, blah, 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 blah. What? what are you doing? And anger comes in. And then you're getting pulled on. And then you think you're going to go back over here. But then you're quick and you've just opened yourself up to the devil. Just like when you go off and you begin to surf things. And you go places you shouldn't go. And you do things that you shouldn't do. Why did you return to the world? Why did you go back there? Why did you go back there? But church... The arrows are in your hands. The arrows are in your hands. So in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3, I just want to show you guys some things here. We've been reading the book of Ephesians, but this got me all stirred up. And the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In heavenly places. I don't know about you, but when I read about heavenly places, I see angels. I think of myself over here. Then I maybe see my mind white everywhere. And then I see angels in like Christmas wings. And I think, oh, do I really want that heavenly place? <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes those, those views that we have and the paintings on the wall and those childhood things, part of me is like, 
you know, they have those angelic choirs. And I'm like, I don't even like singing like that. And that's not how my church music is. Is heaven really like that? But yes, I want to be in heavenly places. And, and, and I begin to think, though, of bright light and shininess. And, and, and I'm not changing that view of it as, at all as far as gloriousness and brightness and shininess and, and power and authority. But when you look in the Old Testament and when you look at how the Jews thought, they would look back and they would, they would say, hey, we have two ages. We, we have where we're at in this sinful, wicked world. And then we have heavenly dimensions that are coming. We're going to leave this lifestyle and we're going to move into the next time period, which is a heavenly time period. And Paul begins writing here in the book of Ephesians. And he tells them, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You see, heavenly places is the light. And, and earthly places and wicked places is the darkness. It goes back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness. That's what it was like. Or that's what the sinful world is like when you live in darkness. There's chaos there's emptiness. There's darkness. Oh, but hallelujah. It, when we read that, it says, And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the faces of the waters. Oh, in the middle of the chaos, and the void, and the destruction, and the wickedness, and the sin. The Spirit of God was hovering. You said, but I didn't see him there. That's because you were in darkness. Oh, I, I didn't think anybody loved me. That's because you were in darkness. But the reason you're here today is because Jesus loved you. The reason you're here right now is because he desired you and he loved you. And so the Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Oh, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Oh, hear me today, church. God shone into the darkness. He created the light. Oh, he reached into our dark places. And he began to shine forth. Oh, with light. Oh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses eight, verse 8 says... For ye some were sometimes, for we were sometimes darkness, but now ye are, but but now are ye light in the Lord. I can't even read tonight. I exploded my font too. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Oh, we were in darkness. We were in chaos. But hear me, you are now children of light. You are in the light. Of the Lord. So walk as children of light. Oh we no longer are in darkness. This heavenly places. Here's what I begin to understand. It says according as he has chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy. And without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children. By Jesus Christ. To himself. Verse 7 says in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Verse 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, with he, which he hath purposed in us. Amen. One day Jesus is coming back. He is going to descend, and his feet are going to land on the mount. It's going to split, and we're coming back with him. We're going to reign with him forever and ever. Oh, and that's going to be heavenly places for eternity. But this heavenly places that I'm talking to you about tonight and that Paul was talking about is that when Jesus came to the cross, when he died for us on the cross, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, that the eyes, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. 
according to the working of his mighty power, which his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. Hear me right there, not only in this world, but that which is to come. We're talking about Jesus Christ. And when he died on the cross, and when he rose again, he now sets in all authority and power. And you know what that means right here. This is heavenly places in the ages to come. Okay? But Bishop, come right with me. Right over here, he died on Calvary. So we have Old Testament here. We have over here that the rapture in the ages to come. But when Jesus took the throne, he took authority over all principalities and powers. And he moved right over here. So the world right here has been going on in wickedness and sin. And it ends right here at the rapture. But overlapping from here to here is heavenly places. Heavenly places aren't right there. Hear me, Brother Joey, come right over here. Oh, Isaac, come over here. When he filled you with his spirit, he brought you out of this garbage. Oh, he brought you. He brought you out of here. And he brought you into heavenly places. And he brought you into heavenly places. Oh, he put you right here. Oh, one day you're going to be translated. And you're going to be over here in a new body. But all authority and power is right here. Heavenly places. You know what? Christ is the head of the church. And he gave those authority and power to the church. Oh, you may be seated. Oh, oh, somebody give a hand clap to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. And hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places. That's right now. Oh, it's right now. The wisdom in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give another hand clap to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, church, heavenly places is now. It's right now. It's right now. God has called you and purposed each and every one of you for this time. Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus, and and he was telling them, hey, you know, you guys are mixed up in a lot of spiritual things here, and you march for hours, and you worship, and and, uh, and you declare, I, I know that you guys know all about spiritual things. You know about gods and you know about celebrations. But you, church, set in heavenly places. You have dominion. You have authority. You have power. You're here. I have more things on there, but I think I'm going to bring this here to a close. If we could gather Stand on our feet and gather up front here. You see, we began this with being equipped and with an arrow. And each of you have an arrow in your hand. Paul tried to tell us throughout Ephesians. That you have a heavenly places right now. That the church is going to be in the ages to come. But it's also right now. Oh, he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, he says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness. I look up that ages to come. You know what it means? It means from right now to forever. Jeremy, the ages to come, that's not some ethereal thing off in the future. It's not for the next five minutes. He wants to show you the exceeding riches of his grace from right now 
God hasn't put you as something on his shelf saying, look what I saved. He says, we're together in this now. We're in it now for the ages to come. You know what that means tomorrow on your job? When you reach tomorrow right here. When you go down to Louisiana and, and whatever happens, happens, we're right here. Back here, when, when you walk through coronavirus or you walk through a death, your mom she says, I'm still right here. I know we're in this world and it gets rough and we go down and, and we come up. But I want to show you my exceeding riches. One day that trumpet's going to sound. Oh, I'm going to translate you. But in the ages to come, so hold on, men. Hold on. And I'm now telling you, go ahead, close your eyes. Oh, begin to talk to God. But as you hold your arrow, don't just shoot it once. Don't just shoot it twice. Don't just shoot it three times. But get a hold of faith tonight. Oh, get an understanding. God has made you, oh, to be kings and priests in this world. Oh, you're, hallelujah. Oh, he's given you spiritual authority over dominions and powers. Oh, the devil's fear and tremble when you're in a place with God. So that you have his name on you when you're living in sin. No, they're like, who are you? But when you go ahead and commit yourself to God, I don't care what your name is. When you've got into a place of prayer and you've cleaned yourself out before God, when you shoot that arrow, the enemy has to listen. Oh, when you shoot your arrow, he begins to shake and to run in fear. Oh, I want us to go ahead and lift our hands towards heaven. He Oh, tonight, oh God. We are putting our full trust in you. We're reaching our hands towards heaven. Men of war, God has called you. You're not just a soldier in the trenches. You're ambassadors for Christ. You're a royal priesthood. And that means you stand out there on the battlefield in full authority. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you stand there. And God declares through you victory, deliverance, salvation, and hope. Oh, through you. Through you. Oh, God equips you. He uses you. Oh, you are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, you cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Oh, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want you to do that right now. Everything that you've struggled with right now. And in the name of Jesus, go ahead and say, I take authority over these thoughts. I take authority over these things that have tried to ensnare my life and my family and my soul. Go ahead and tell it to him. I cast it down in the name of Jesus. Oh, you're declaring war. Oh, I cast it down. I take authority. You do it. Your bishop has prayed over you. He has fasted over you. I have preached over you tonight. You go ahead. Shoot your arrows. Shoot them. Shoot them. Oh, spend a little time here. Cast them down. Cast them down. I come against laziness. I come against weariness. Oh, I pray the blood, the strength of Jesus Christ. Oh, the bread from heaven. Oh, encourage and strengthen tonight, oh God. I come against doubt that says God can't fully use you. Oh, and I pray, oh God, that we would see right now in the spirit that you have put us in heavenly places. And that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Hallelujah. 
Oh, Jesus has called you. Oh, he's the hope of your calling. Oh, hear me tonight as you're praying. Sometimes you think to come to God, you've got to fix the flesh. But no, you've got to get in the spirit so that the spirit can fix the flesh. Oh, you don't get everything together and then come. You come and then in him you get everything together. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, go ahead, pray over those digital devices. Pray over what comes into your home. Pray over your mouth and your tongue. Pray over your mind. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead, keep praying. Keep praying, casting down evil imaginations and every thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Cast down all the politics and religions of this world. Oh, keep on praying, church. Oh, but we're going to do a next thing. We're going to equip you. Why? Because Paul, as he wraps up Ephesians, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Oh, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the blessed breastplate of righteousness. Oh, right now, church, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we are going to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, gird us with your truth. Oh, wrap us up in your truth. Oh, go ahead. I want you to begin to pray that God would gird you up in truth. Oh, that you would begin to see the truth of what God has done in your life. The truth of his salvation, his hope, his deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, gird him up in your truth. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, help us to love the truth and to sell it not. Oh, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Go ahead. Oh, get out that confusion that the world's brought, trying to tell you there are other truths. There's not. Oh, gird us up in truth. Gird us up in having on the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, you know truth girded up that breastplate. Do you know what Jesus clothed himself in the book of Isaiah chapter 59? He clothed himself in righteousness. And he put on a helmet of salvation that he got. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, clothe us. Touch our hearts. Oh, put a filter on our hearts, oh, Lord Jesus. Put righteousness on us. Take away our old corrupt man. Cleanse us all, God, from all filthiness and unrighteousness. Restore my soul. Oh, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, what are we doing, men? We're putting on our armor. Oh, and now I want you to go ahead and I want you to put on the gospel of peace. You see, oh, that gospel of peace, it didn't just cover your feet. Oh, it covered your shins. It went all the way up to your knees. The breastplate came down to your knees. Oh, the gospel of peace came up to your knees. Oh, Jesus, oh, let your peace that passes all understanding. Oh, God, get a hold of us. Oh, Lord Jesus, clothe them in your peace. Jesus, take peace into their homes. Take it into their jobs. Take it into their situations. Take it into their families. Take it into their troubled lives. In the name of Jesus. To give light to them that sit in darkness. And in the dark shadow of death. To guide our feet unto the way of peace.
Oh, Jesus, I pray your peace. Guard them, God. Guard them. Oh, Lord. Oh, now, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want somebody to get your faith up. Get your shield of faith up. Oh, I want somebody to believe again. You've asked God, oh, to wrap you in his truth. You've asked God to make you righteousness and pure. You've asked him for peace. Oh, but I want somebody to begin to say, I believe God. I believe God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you are our faith and our hope. Oh, you are the one that we put our trust in. Oh, God, you quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Oh, Lord, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, Jesus, we trust in you. We trust in you. And now, church, go ahead. That's it. That's it. That's it. I believe God. Hallelujah! Yes! In the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 17. Oh, verse 16 says that he saw there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. Oh, the next item you're putting on, oh, is the helmet of salvation. Oh, it's his salvation. Pray it over your eyes. Pray it over your mind. You put the breastplate on for your heart. Go ahead, pray over your mind. Oh, we cast out all doubt. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we put out our faith in you. Oh, we put our trust in you. Oh, God, protect our minds. Protect our eyes. Oh, keep my mind and eyes focused on you. Oh, that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in you. Lord, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, let that mind be in us, which was also in you, Christ Jesus. Oh, we humble ourselves before you. Oh, God, and we pray your protection over the mind, over the eyes, over the thinking, over the heart, over the emotions. Oh, we put on your righteousness, your truth. Oh, remember Golgotha? Remember, oh, he died on that place of the skull. He begged Cheno, Pero, Pero, Cobonio. And now, in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, all together, I want you to pray in the Spirit. You have pray in the Spirit. Pray the word of God. It's the sword. Take up your sword. What are you doing? You're going to war. You're going to war. You're putting on your armor. In the neck, go ahead and begin to declare the word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Go ahead and begin to declare no weapon formed against me will prosper. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, I am with you always. I've set you in heavenly places. 
Go ahead. It's the, it doesn't just say the sword, which is the word of God. It says the sword of the spirit. Oh, oh, what did he put in you when he put you in heavenly places? He filled you with his spirit. He brought the future into the present. You might have flesh, but you live in the spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Oh, that's it, church. You got your arrows. Oh, go ahead, pray. Pray, pray. Ibaba su toyon belebakaya.